The Connected Hospital is a podcast that covers current topical news and trends about health IT, new technologies in the industry, and the challenges faced in today's fast-paced hospital and healthcare environment. This podcast is targeted for health IT leaders inside and outside of the hospital. Now for our host, John Mason, and today's episode. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to uh, the Connected Hospital podcast. Uh, as you know, this podcast covers uh, the hospital, uh, the technology that goes into those hospitals, and some of the issues that we encounter uh, as we deliver healthcare in our communities. Uh, today, I'm joined, I'm excited, I'm joined by Ben Cotter. Uh, ben is the Chief Product and Strategy Officer at a company, Singular Payments. And uh, Ben's going to be joining us today, and this is a, a little bit of a continuation from last week's uh, episode with Court Bush, as you all may remember. We spent some time talking about kind of the new paradigm, the new shift in the way patients are being held more responsible for their health care. For most consumers, the search for a healthcare provider is a frustrating maze of bewildering choices and unanswered questions. And they really want to hear what other patients have to say in order to make a decision with confidence. With Loyal's Empower Solution, you have the tools to do just that. Empower your patients, the patient, and provide a solution. Maximizing star ratings while introducing deeper insights into what patients really are saying about their experience. You could sort, approve, and publish patient reviews of physicians, services, and even practices using some of the intelligent features like auto-approval and syntax highlighting. To learn more, visit them online at loyalhealth.com. Ben, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about uh, this paradigm shift, as you said. You bet. Yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be interesting. So Ben and I are going to spend a little bit of time today. Uh, we want to talk about another piece of this industry, um, and and frankly, you know, Ben, just for you for you to know, a lot of the folks listening probably aren't um, that up to speed on on how the payment industry works, and so we're we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I'd like to start out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, kind of your background and and what got you into the industry you're in and, and a little bit about singular payments. I think folks would like to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so my background was in banking, right? So yeah, I was a, a boring banker um, and I introduced to this, this industry, right? Electronic payments uh, by a gentleman named Joe Papano at the time worked for uh, fifth third bank, uh, which inevitably became fifth third processing solutions. It was a division inside of fifth third bank. Uh, which became Vantiv, which is now known as WorldPay, um, did several things in that in that uh, company in terms of different industries, healthcare being one of them, and landed for the last uh, six and a half years before I came to Singular Payments was working in an, uh, a division called Payment Facilitation, and so was working with kind of the software developers or uh, like the practice management software or EHR. Uh, systems, helping them basically embed a payments module that would both obtain a merchant account for every doctor. So like a health system might have, you know, 45 different doctors who have their own tax ID. That process is, there's a lot of friction that traditionally has been there. And so this payment facilitation allows for an easy sign up process, almost a click to agree process to obtain the merchant account. And then the second piece is 
to collect the payment, right? So you owe $20 or 25 bucks for your copay, or it's a larger patient responsibility balance of, you know, $1,231 pay here, right? And so whether that's via a terminal, a physical terminal, whether that's a virtual terminal on the computer screen, um, there's many different sort of endpoints to click pay. But the idea is to simplify both the merchant account, so we know where to settle funds to, as well as the actual pay here, pay this amount. There, there's a you know a, an ability to collect the actual funds, uh, which would take it from the the patient their account, whether it's a credit card, debit card, or ACH, and move it to the the health system or proper doctor's uh, bank account. So a merchant account is essentially it's just like any other business or a restaurant. It, it you have to have an account for that particular. It's tied to a bank account, I guess, right? So that physician has a, a bank account. That's exactly correct. And, okay. And traditionally, you'd have to go to your bank. You know, it was a forty-six or a fifty-page application. And as we know, you know, doctors are are very busy, right? Their their time is uh, at a premium. So for them to muddle through that type of legal uh, agreement and fill out, you know, uh, about six to eight of those pages, they have to fill out traditionally. Um, so again, that's that's sort of how I ended up meeting a guy named uh, Vaden Landers at Singular Payments, and that's that's what we further enhanced. We took the payment facilitation model, added some more specific um, removing of those barriers to sign up, and have taken it to you know the healthcare system, and we're working on or healthcare industry, and we're working on some more solutions that I'm sure we'll talk about as uh, as this uh, talk goes on, but. Um, you know, that I've been with singular payments just over a year, you know, heading up, you know, as you said, product and strategy and specifically, uh, some technology, a a set of APIs that, uh, I architected and our engineers built called Payfac in a box, which allows again, a simple signup. Uh, it can be a hundred different accounts at once, uh, doctor offices, for example, if a health system, you know, wants to enable payments for all those doctors. And then of course the ability to collect the, the payment on the, on the front end, whether that's terminal or virtual terminal. So without going into the, obviously anything that's proprietary or too technical, but so you've somehow figured out how to automate this idea that you would have had to have gone to a bank before and filled out 50 pages of forms. Somehow you've gotten that down where you, you do that for them electronically and it's, it's set up and ready to go. That's exactly right. And and it's not, I mean, I guess the process is proprietary, right? You do have to register as a what's called a payment facilitator, and and there's some things like that that are you know more proprietary. But yeah, our API is you know payfacinabox.com. You can go under our developer documents, and it's right there. I mean, it's open source from that perspective in like 13 different native languages. Huh. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, Well, good. Well, so um, so that's really what got you there you know i would i would say that most folks probably don't even understand the payment industry at least i don't and i i don't want to assume other people don't but what is it in this what's in the background with kind of this idea of the payment industry what what kind of transactions are you processing and things like that yeah great question and and you're right it's it's a very uh you know we just swipe our card right as I like to say and and I didn't know prior to even when I was in banking right you can be in banking and not in payments electronic payments so I'll explain <clears throat> so you have a credit or a debit card that's issued by say Chase Bank right 
they're making money every time you swipe it. There's Visa or MasterCard. They're the network. They're making money every time we as consumers or patients, right? We're paying our, our bill or we swipe it anywhere. And then the third party is the actual processor, right? And so that's really what we, we have simplified. That's our piece of the pie um, in terms of we're basically the one who sits there and processes the transaction, authorizes and settles. We use a, a number of different banks. We have about five different banks that we settle the funds, which is literally an ACH file. It, it moves through the Fed um, at night. And, but we are the ones that are doing all the billing, collecting, uh, and settlement of those payments for, you know, a health system or, you know, another merchant type. So that, so that's why then when you hear people talk about, um, there's a, a percent fee added on to the, uh, you know, for example, I've heard, you know, that a business might not like you to use a credit card or maybe it's a debit card. I don't remember which one because there's some additional fee. Those are the fees that help pay those transaction costs, I guess. That, that's exactly right. And obviously there's a lot of other you know benefits to that. There's definitely more cost, but uh, the benefits, right, are you get your money faster, right? You, you actually get your money, right? And so you're not waiting, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you know, 90 or 120 days where propensity to pay and things of that nature uh, or, you know, go against your favor in terms of as a health system, trying to collect funds for services, obviously you've already done. Um, and so, and the other piece is, you know, the more you can automate the, you know, reconciliation piece, you know, that's going to save in terms of having a, a big department, you know, sending out paper statements or then recording paper statements or running to the bank or those types of things. It's all automated. It's an electronic payment versus, you know, a cashier. Yeah. So, so it, it, I mean, one of the things I've learned already here is that if I was the CIO of a health system, which I was in the past, um, a lot of times this stuff falls outside of IT, right? I'm sure the, the RevCycle folks are handling it, but it sounds like the way they might be handling it if they had to set up a new account might be a long and lengthy process, but they can find companies like Singular Payments and accelerate that process is, is really where the benefit comes. That, that's exactly right. And uh, maybe we should move into sort of kind of our vision and what we think and what we're seeing uh, in the healthcare industry specifically as it relates to payment collection or, you know, how that process can improve. Well, you know, what's, what would be, I thought might be interesting is I, I no kidding, literally went to the doctor this morning and uh, it looks like I'm going to get referred and I could envision at some point this turns into a hospital visit. So maybe we use me as an example. So I walked in and I paid my copay today. Um, so my bank took money out. Somebody processed that and that's going to hit the physician's office pretty quickly, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Great, great point. So you pay your copay, right? Within 24 to 48 hours, there is a processor like ourselves, this is what Singular does, that would move that money from your, how'd you pay, credit or debit card? Uh, I used a debit card. Um, okay. I think they processed it like a credit card. I'm not sure, but. Okay. Yeah. So if, you, if they process it as a credit card, which it would be uh, signature debit is what that's called, right? You didn't put your pin in. Right. So it would ride their MasterCard rails. The funds would move from your bank account, your DDA right? 
uh, tonight and either show up, depending on which financial institution, what cutoff times, they would be made available to the physician either tomorrow or the, uh, well, tomorrow's Saturday or Monday, right? Because yeah, or Monday. Yeah. So at that point, right, the, the proper health system or doctor attached would have received the copay. But then what happens is, of course, you know, a fairly lengthy, uh, adjudication process where, as you probably know, or most of the folks listening, um, you know, you, where are you at? So we're at, you know, almost June 1st, where are you at in your personal deductible for your specific insurance? Right. You know, were you in network? Were you out of network? Okay, what is the specific uh, procedure and or test, right? And ultimately, this goes kind of back and forth in an adjudication process until uh, the insurance company says, yeah, okay, we'll pay this, right? And as you know, there's a lot of pitfalls in that in that back and forth process from a coding perspective or from a response or, you know, where are you at, you at in your specific um, deductible. And so what tends to happen, at least what we're seeing is a lot of times you're going, you know, 90 days or even 120 days out as the health system before you're ultimately knowing, okay, I need to go after this, this patient, John, who still owes me. And again, I'm going to make up a number, but $850 and, and 43 cents. And by that point, you know, you're already on, maybe you've moved locations, right? Physically, maybe you're, you know, in the Bahamas, you, you're definitely not thinking about, you know, four months previous, uh, what type of procedure, what you went into the doctor for. That's right. Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a big deal, right? Because uh, kind of like you alluded to there, and, and this goes back to what I was talking about with court. Uh, you know, we're getting more and more folks that have these super high deductibles. I know mine's really high. And um, so there's a lot of it that's now my responsibility. So I, I got to believe, and I don't know what you're seeing, but I got to believe that that's driving the collections in a hospital down because they are either cash pay or they have a high, you know, they have to pay a big amount before insurance kicks in. That's right. And and of course, I mean, the the, the data shows, right, that the percentage of patient responsibility, right, has continued to go up. Like, depending on what data source you're looking at, it's anywhere from 28 to now in the 30 plus percent range. And ultimately, what we're seeing is about 11 percent. Uh, last data I was looking at, 11 percent ends up being collected, and about 18 percent goes, you know, uncollectible, basically bad debt, or you know, maybe fancy ways of backing into a charitable contribution, which is fine. I mean, we should all give charitably but not because we're forced to, right? And so, um, you know, the solution we sort of have in mind is the ability to move, you know, the payment from that hundred, you know, not let's just call it 120 days or even 90 days, somewhere in that range out after uh, care was delivered to the point of care. And so, in, you know, embedding that type of solution, because the other thing that we see and we hear all the time is, well, that sounds great, but we don't want another system, right, to be able to collect payment. It's got to be embedded as much as possible in existing architecture and workflows. And so the, the, so that's one. The other pit, main pitfall is, well, how do we know what to collect, right? Because as I just said, you know, what type of insurance, what type of procedure, who are you, how do you earn money, right? Um, those types of things are going to drive how much a health system is going to be able to collect from you, right? And so the solution that we're kind of working on 
and we're past ideation, right? Um, but it's not sort of full blown in market. But but I think any CIOs that are listening to this um, definitely stay tuned because I would say over the next you know thirty, sixty, ninety days, this will start solidifying into uh, a product is the ability to provide basically a custom offer. And what I mean by that is we know John a lot of characteristics of you, right? We we can there's data out there that exists that know about how old you are, right? Your earning history, those types of things, your credit score, et cetera. More and, than I probably want you to know, frankly. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And the reality is how do we put together, you know, a good sort of customized offer. So we're not relying on uh, the office lady to do negotiation, right? And try and collect payment from you. But they know because we know based on who you are, right? What insurance you have. And then all of these other, I'm just calling factors of who you are and your you know, credit score, et cetera, and your ability to pay or propensity to pay is ultimately allowing us to make you a, a custom offer that makes sense for you. And you know, gets you to make a payment at point of care, not just for a copay, but ultimately for what we know is going to be, you know, the net patient responsibility left over. But how do we collect that now at point of care, not 90 days later? Hey, everybody, this is Reed Smith. And this is Chris Boyer. And we are co-hosts on a show called Touchpoint, which is a podcast that's dedicated to the discussions on digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, not only for just hospitals, but health systems and physician practices. In every episode, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on digital tools, solutions, strategies, and other things that are impacting the healthcare industry today. And while you listen to this show, we would certainly love you to check out ours. All you have to do is swing on over to touchpoint.health for more information, and also some of the other shows that are featured on the Touchpoint Media Network. Yeah, so so that's really fascinating, right? So what you've done, what you're talking about is really solidifying something that I mean, a lot of us know, right, which is a patient shows up and they if they have a huge responsibility on that on that bill um, for that service, for whatever reason, whether, you know, it was their insurance wouldn't cover it. um, They hadn't met their deductible ever. um, I think I don't you know, I don't know how I think this is pretty widely known in the healthcare industry. It's probably not that widely known to folks who just use the healthcare system, but at the end, a hospital, they'll, they'll negotiate, you know, they, they know that, you know, if you had a, I'm just going to make up a number. If you had a bill for $15,000 and you just flat out can't pay that because that's half of what you make in a year, they're going to work with you. Um, but that's always kind of done ad hoc and it's, it's a one-on-one thing. So what you're talking about is kind of making it more scientific. That's right. It, that's exactly right. And and based on, you know, again, data elements that exist in the marketplace. And it's literally just a matter of, you know, making that custom offer based on, you know, the data that exists. And, you know, getting as much, moving as much from, you know, 90 to 120 days out to at point of care. And then whatever's still going to be, you know, let's say even you, let's say you're going to owe, I don't know, 850 bucks. And you're like, you know what, I'll, I'll pay 500 of it, right, uh, today, but I, I'm not so sure, or maybe, you know, you have other expenses coming up, that other 350, you don't want to pay it. Well, now, before you walk out of the building, we can say, hey, let, let's schedule, you know, a payment plan for 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month to, to pay off the rest of the balance. So 
that is a component to the solution as well. Uh, and what our technology provides is is a recurring sort of payment plan uh, that, again, can be scheduled before you walk out of the building. So, so by what you're describing then, I mean, theoretically, we should see collections improve, right? Because instead of just saying, hey, you owe $15,000 and I go, well, <laughs> I don't have it, you know. Typically, a hospital then will just start billing you something and you'll pay some and eventually you'll go to collections. Uh, and I think that's interesting. Describe what you know about the collections process because that's not where you want to be as a patient, consumer, or as a hospital, right? That's exactly right. And, and so before I get there, just to speak to what you just, just said in terms of you know paying a minimum amount, right? So you're seeing this huge bill, right? It's $15,000, you know, you finally call in as the patient because you don't want to be, uh, you know, not paying your bills. And you're like, look, I don't have it, right? And, you know, what's the minimum I can pay to not go to collections, right? 25 bucks or something along those lines is usually what they say. Okay, great. I'll just pay 25 bucks every month. Well, by the time you print, mail, and everything else in terms of uh, realize that that money as the health system, you know, the estimates are you're spending seven to eight bucks. So really, you're collecting 25, you're really only netting, you know, 17, 18 bucks. And so by putting this on on file, right, as a recurring transaction, you're bypassing all of that. Now, if you want to send an electronic, either text or email uh, statement, right, or reminder or things of that nature, that's also built into the solution, but it's not a requirement to even get a payment, right? So that's the main difference. And then to, to answer your question on, you know, collection, once it goes to collection, what, what from my uh, experience and understanding in dealing with health systems and, and again, various uh, software providers in the space who have some visibility into this is ultimately, you know, once it reaches that point, the health system says, just give me what you can. And they're really getting, you know, pennies on the dollar. And what I mean by that is somewhere between 10 to 15% is sort of the going rate is my understanding of what I've been told by multiple uh, sources. Um, you know, once it goes to there, you know, really credit cards out, right? You, they can't make a, a payment via credit card because that's debt, paying debt with a debt, right? Um, that's a fun fact for, for maybe those who didn't know those Visa and MasterCard rules, but ACH and debit card are still applicable, uh, and possible. And so, but yeah, it's, it's not a fun process. The, the health systems, again, settling for pennies on the dollar, pennies on the dollar instead of dollars, uh, or or three quarters of a dollar on a dollar kind of thing. Exactly. That's right. And even if it's half a dollar, right? I mean, even if it's 50 cents on the dollar versus 10 to 15 cents on the dollar, I mean, that, that's a huge improvement, right? Well, uh, you know, this is really, this is really interesting because if you, you know, if you think about as a, as a CIO uh, or anybody who's on the IT side of things and your job is to not only make sure the systems work, but to help the business get better. You know, this is a this is just an old process that's been around forever where you go through this long cycle of trying to get paid when you would have been better off, as you said, just to say up front, look, we know about you. You know, we know some things about how you're likely to pay or not. I think, you know, the term is propensity to pay. And and so let's go ahead and come up with something that we know we can collect on versus nothing. So I think that's really, really fascinating. 
Yeah, and, and again, it's kind of the merging of two, like you said, very, you know, sort of legacy industries in terms of how they're thinking about it, right? I mean, it's no, for, this is just my, you know, perspective on why healthcare, right, is sort of, you know, the way that it is. I mean, insurance companies want to make more money, right? So they're basically paying less to the health systems. The doctors, right, who've gone to school for 12 or 13 years, of course, want to make money. So they're raising their rates, you know, and prices. And so it's just this constant game, which has driven the price way, way, way high on, you know, like you said, an MRI or, you know, things that are needed in terms of services. I think that pendulum is going to start swinging the other way, uh, which is why, you know, obviously last episode, Court was talking about a product and solution that helps basically patients match up with the type of service that they need if they they are going to pay it out of pocket. And so our solution is, is kind of the same way. And it's the collision of two different, what I'd call legacy ways of doing it in terms of payments, 50 page application, all of those things, you know, and this, like I said, this, this constant up the price, you know, because the insurance company wants to pay you less, collect 90 to 120 days down the road, you know, and moving that more to the point of care. It's a very interesting place to be with two different industries in the midst of change. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. You know, um, I, this is fascinating. And I think it's something that, again, I say most of us don't think about. Um, well, let's do this. We, we're kind of at the end of our time. But, uh, you know, Ben, I've really appreciated you hopping on. This has been this has been uh, enlightening for me. I've learned a little bit. and I, I'm sure everybody else did, too. Yeah, appreciate you being here. And And what I would say is, you know, we'll have some stuff on our Web page if you want to reach out to Ben, uh, if you want to learn more about singular payments and and uh, frankly, I, I'm, I'm anxious to hear more about this product that's getting pulled together and, and uh, how that can help the industry some point. But uh, Ben, Ben, thank you again for your time. And I really appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with me. Thanks, John. You too. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals, healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. I hope you'll continue to come back, rate the program, review it, uh, let folks know about it, and and uh, we'll bring you some great, uh, great conversations. And if you have some things you want to hear in particular, let us know and we'll be happy to, uh, to try to get those guests or get those particular topics on board. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.